0: Our topic for this afternoon's uh, doctrine class is the anointing of the sick. Okay, so what's our the outline of our talk this afternoon? First, we talk about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick um, as being one of purification and salvation. And... How is it celebrated and administered, and then who is the proper minister of the sacrament, and then who is the subject of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, and then why is there a need for this sacrament, and what is the effect of the sacrament, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, under our current situation, which is. Um, Uh, The pandemic we are all in right now. How is it being administered? And um, what are the things to look out for? This sacrament is a sacrament of purification and salvation. So, first, this sacrament was instituted by Jesus Christ, and this is implied in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 6, verse 13. Um, And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So we read that in the Gospel of Mark. And then we read also in the Gospel of James. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So we read these in the the Gospels. So this sacrament is dedicated to comforting the sick and purifying them from sin, And the consequences of sin. For us, I think it's, uh, well, maybe none of us have witnessed it so far. So I was thinking it would be good for us to to have an idea of how it goes. So first, the priest gives a greeting to the people around, to the person who is sick. And the family around that sick person. And then the priest sprinkles holy water. And then he gives a short instruction or introduction about the sacrament about, of what will ha- be happening. There is a penitential act. Something like what we have during the mass. Well, we, we, we forego the penitential act if before uh, this anointing, the sick person was able to go to confession. If the person was not able to go to confession or cannot go to confession, then we have the penitential act. And then after the penitential act, the priest reads a passage from scripture and then maybe he will say a few words about the passage that he has read and then a litany. He reads a litany. And then the priest lays his hands on the forehead of the sick person or the hands of that person or other parts of the body. Usually the priest, when he lays his hands on the forehead, he makes the sign of the cross with the oil that, that he has touched. So he anoints the sick person, the forehead or the hands of the sick person with with oil. This oil should be oil from plants, which is usually olive oil or vegetable oil. And this oil is usually blessed during that Christmas, morning of Holy Thursday, when the bishop uh, blesses, several things, water and then oil, which is used for baptism, the anointing of the sick, invites his disciples to follow him by taking up their cross in their turn. And by following him, they acquire a new outlook on illness and the sick. So we read in the Gospels or in sacred scripture That there is a relationship between sickness and death and sin. But it would be a mistake for us to think that sickness is a punishment for personal sins. Sometimes we are tempted to think this way, but the church tells us now it is a mistake to think to see sickness as a punishment for personal sins. So what example do we have? We have the example of Job who led a very holy life but who was afflicted with a lot of sicknesses. And we see in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, innocent suffering. So we only understand the term innocent suffering by the light of faith we believe firmly in the goodness and wisdom of god in his loving providence and contemplating the mystery of christ's passion death and resurrection thanks to which the redemption of the world became possible so our lord jesus christ is the well best example of innocent suffering and because he was innocent he was free from any sin And yet he suffered. And because of his suffering, the redemption and the gates of heaven were opened for us. So our Lord taught us the positive value of suffering for carrying out the redemption. But at the same time, he wanted to cure many sick people, showing his power over suffering and illness and above all, his power to forgive sins. And after the resurrection, we hear our Lord sending out his disciples. In my name, go out to all the nations. And we also read, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So for a Christian, sickness and death can and should be a means to seek holiness and to redeem with Christ. So the sacrament of the anointing of the sick helps us to live, well, the sorrowful realities of human life with a Christian sense. Because in the anointing of the sick, we find a loving preparation for the journey which ends in the Father's house. So what is, uh, well, we know... for all sacraments we talk of a matter and we talk of a minister so the matter of the sacrament of anointing of the sick is olive oil or any vegetable oil if um, no olive oil is available and it is to be blessed by the bishop or a priest given this faculty As I said earlier, usually it's the bishop of the diocese who blesses, um, well, a sufficient amount of oil during the Christmas, usually held um, morning of Holy Thursday. The bishop blesses it together with all of the priests of the diocese um, present there in in the cathedral. And an emergency priest or the bishop who's going to give the anointing can bless the oil during the sacrament itself. So we read before the the form. Through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. So there we make the sign of the cross on the forehead and on the hands. The hands, I don't know if it's palm up or palms down, but I suppose um, any will do. Just we can anoint on the on the hands of the sick person. And then the Eucharist. Is the most apt, it is the best, it is the last sacrament of our earthly journey. And that is why we call it the viaticum for passing over to eternal life. We receive also the Holy Eucharist during the, the anointing of the sick. The viaticum is a Latin word which means allow us provisions, or food for the journey. So when we receive the Viaticum, the Holy Eucharist given to a person who is in danger of death, it's like the last thing that he will receive from from the priest or from the church. And um, it is like his food for the journey on to eternal life. So who is the proper minister of this sacrament? The minister of this sacrament is only a priest or a bishop. Neither a deacon or a lay faithful can validly administer the anointing of the sick. But uh, knowing this, we as the faithful um, should take upon ourselves, no? This, um, this this duty of making the sacrament available to friends and family or people we know who need it, you know? especially Christians who work in hospitals and hospices. They should strive to ensure that seriously ill people receive every possible assistance to relieve their suffering in body and soul. Some, if a priest Well, arrives when we think that someone has already died. A priest may still choose to give the anointing of the sick, a conditional, they call it a conditional reception. And the priest adds to the formula if you are alive, there, if you are alive or if you are capable through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. So the priest adds this qualifier at the start of the formula. If you are alive or if you are capable or if you are disposed, if somebody is unconscious or the priest is not very sure if that person really wants to receive the, the sacrament, it is important that that person who will receive the anointing be reconciled to God and to the church, at least in desire. That is why the church asks that if it is possible, the person should receive the sacrament of penance and reconciliation before being anointed. Because the church respects the freedom of men. So he, the church will not force into somebody the anointing of the church. If that person really does not want to receive it or is vehemently um, against receiving the sacrament, the subject must have at least the habitual and implicit intention to receive the sacrament. In other words, the sick person must have the desire to die a good Christian death with the supernatural help that this entails. So that is why it's not easy to to have somebody who is sick receive the sacrament, receive the anointing because we have to prepare that person also. We have to see their disposition or if their disposition is not uh, to receive it, to pray and to talk to the person so that eventually they agree to receive it. Some... Do not want to receive it because they get nervous. Because before, well, we call it this extreme unction. So people have associated this, this sacrament um, with dying, and um, some even say don't even mention receiving this sacrament to him. Makamaneerbushan, mamatai pa. So we hear these things, no. So in 1972, they, I think they changed the name um, to anointing of the sick. So it doesn't only, it's not only a sacrament for somebody who's just about to die, but for somebody who is seriously ill. So even though anointing of the sick can be administered to those already unconscious, every effort should be made to administer it while they are still conscious so that they can better prepare to receive the grace of the sacrament. It should not be given to those who remain obstinately impenitent in public mortal sin. So if someone who has been anointed recovers from their illness, they can be anointed again. In the case of a new serious illness, the sacrament can also be repeated during the same illness if the person's situation again deteriorates. Finally, the church says that if there's any doubt as to whether the sick person has reached the age of reason or is dangerously ill or is dead, this sacrament should be administered. So if there is any doubt, administer the sacrament. So do good. If there is any doubt, do good. Give the sacrament to that person. Um, so what are the last slide? Effects of the anointing of the sick. So the anointing of the sick offers sanctifying grace to the faithful and specific sacramental graces. So for the person receiving it, the sacramental grace has the following effects. One, It results in a more intimate union with Christ in his redemptive passion for the good of the recipient and for the good of the whole church. And then second, peace. it gives peace and strength to overcome the difficulties and sufferings of a serious illness or the frailty of old age. I think we see this with somebody who has received the sacrament. Maybe, well, I don't know if it's a psychological effect, but we see them peaceful after receiving the sacrament. And we know that when your mind is at peace, your body responds also. And sometimes you say, we see, when we say that they got stronger after the, receiving the sacrament. So, and then third, the healing of wounds of sin and forgiveness of all venial sins, as well as mortal sins, when the person is repentant but unable to receive the sacrament of penance. Then fourth, the recovery of physical health, if such is God's will. And then fifth, The grace prepares the person for its passage to eternal life. So this grace is a gift of the Holy Spirit who renews trust and faith in God and stands against the temptations of the evil one, the temptation to discouragement and anguish in the face of death. I did a little research on the anointing of the sick during well, during these times of the, of the pandemic, and you can imagine that it is, well, it is difficult to administer the sacram- the anointing of the sick. Um, well, we have to distinguish between anointing of the sick who is not sick with COVID, <laughs> anointing of the sick um, in the hospital for somebody who is not sick with COVID, um, and anointing of the sick person who is sick with COVID. There are priests who have volunteered to, to give the anointing of the sick for people who are sick with COVID. I remember receiving a forwarded Viber message that there were two Jesuit priests who volunteered to stay on at PGH to be there to be able to administer the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, and I remember that in that fiber message they were asking for prayers for this priest, because, uh, as we have seen. Um, that the minister of the sacrament is the priest or the bishop is the bishop or the priest, so it cannot be delegated to a nurse or to a family member. And there were priests who said also that, uh, well, rather than people being very sad and being very concerned about their patients or their family not being able to receive the, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, there were priests who tried to focus rather on the fact that they can pray for that person they try to say that well what's more important than the anointing is our praying together which is true no and recognizing that god's mercy is always open to one whose heart is sincere and is seeking to grow in god's love it is not essential to have no the anointing of the sick it's not a um like baptism is, it's good if we can have the anointing of the sick. But if we cannot, then it is okay. It's not essential. What is essential is that we pray for the person. We help that person uh, pray also to our Lord and to help the person make a very good um, act of contrition so that it's like a perfect atonement that absolves or forgives all of his mortal sins. So that is one thing that we can do. And uh, for family members who are very anxious about this, well, um, we have to trust in the mercy of our Lord. Um, our Lord is what? Well, bigger than all the rules of the church. And uh, it doesn't mean that if our uh, if our well the sick person is not able to receive the the anointing that that person is uh, going to go to hell. No, of course not. No, um, our Lord is very merciful. Is all mercy even. And he knows what he's doing. He knows what is happening. That maybe the priest cannot really go there because the hospital says nobody else can enter. Nobody can enter except for the patient. So in those situations, maybe we can ask. We also recognize that our patients become very lonely in the COVID wards. We can ask maybe a, a nurse, to give a cell phone to the patient so that the family can talk to the patient and pray with the patient and um, encourage the the patient to to make a very good act of contrition. I read also here um, something that might be of interest So Pope Francis is somebody who is always trying to do everything he can to allow people to have access to the church sacraments and the church's works of mercies. So he could, maybe down the road, if this continues to become a worse situation, allow the anointing of the sick by by lay people. But he's also someone who says, look, let's just use the regular means in which these things are done without having to necessarily make significant changes. For the anointing of the sick, those regular means go beyond physical anointing and include an entirely spiritual means of receiving grace. So, God works outside of the sacrament. So we cannot enclose God in the in the rules of the church, in the sacrament. Uh, people can pray if they have that desire to receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. It opens their hearts to receive the grace that would normally have been coming by way of the sacraments. Mm-hmm.